Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. People still freak out about, okay, I need to cold call, or I need to go knock on doors, or I need to go do something public speaking or whatever it is. But if you take it step by step and you take it very slowly, you can circumvent the amygdala in the back of your brain that freaks you out. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Chris Stafford, how you doing, my friend? Great. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. Well, my pleasure and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Chris. He has been a listing agent for 25 years. He's one of the top producing real estate brokers in San Francisco. He's also an investor and you can learn more about him at his company's website, which is in the show notes. And prior to us recording, he said, I hope you don't mind if I'm a little goofy on this show. I was like, I'll be as goofy as you want, baby. So with that being said, Chris, take it away. You want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, absolutely. And you forgot to mention that I'm generally a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, born and raised in Detroit. I am, uh, by training, a CPA. used to work for PricewaterhouseCoopers for 11 years, so I have a real strong financial background. Decided that I hated my life, and I hated being a CPA, and went into real estate, which is really sort of one of my biggest passions. And I have been selling real estate in San Francisco for, like you mentioned, over 25 years and absolutely love it. I also started a coaching program that I coach investors and also real estate brokers, and it's called epiclistingagent.com. So love giving back, and that's why I particularly love what you're doing with this show and what you're doing to educate and give back to real estate investors. So what type of deals are you focused on? for two different types of deals, really. One is for me personally, first I'll tell you in my real estate business, I'm focused on residential investors. So in San Francisco, we have a lot of buildings that are two, three, four, five, six unit buildings. Obviously we can get up into apartment houses that have 50, 60 apartments, 
But the smaller apartment bills in San Francisco, there are quite a few of them. So I help investors purchase those properties. And uh, it's a pretty crazy market here in San Francisco. What with uh, rent control that we have here and certain financing restrictions. So I love doing that from a real estate investment standpoint from my own personal portfolio. I tend to go with brand new single family homes. And I do that in different marketplaces that I think have a really good, strong upsell potential. What are a couple of deals that you've done just to give us some context for what you're working on? I purchased two homes in Oklahoma City, which I still think is a super strong market. Brand new, single family homes, a typical track home, three bedroom, four bedroom home, fully outfitted. And those are the kinds of properties in San Francisco, compared to San Francisco prices, are very reasonable for me. Those are properties that you can get for under $200,000 each. And the rents are very strong, very strong local economy. So they cash flow quite nicely. Another example is Baton Rouge, Louisiana, another strong local economy that has brand new single family homes in the same sort of demographic, same kind of type. Three, four bedroom homes that cash flow really nicely. When you say cash flow really nicely, let's go to the Oklahoma City brand new three bedroom, two bath properties that you're buying. What are the numbers on those? I think that you're probably looking at something around $150,000 for brand new homes. And I'm getting about $1,300 a month rent for each property. So I have to run the numbers, Joe, but I think the last time I checked after taxes, insurance, property manager and all that on a yearly basis, I think I'm averaging about 6 to 7% return, which I'm totally happy with. You're in a couple different markets. You mentioned Oklahoma City. You live in San Francisco. You mentioned some other cities. How do you get comfortable with a particular market? There's nothing better than boots on the ground. So what I'll do is I do a lot of research in advance on mostly what the local economy is, what the local real estate market is. And then I have a pretty wide network of realtors across the country that I can just talk to about their markets and they help me a lot. But before I pull the trigger and make any decisions, I'll actually go to a city and spend a couple of days there and just sort of check everything out. And when you're at the city, what are you looking for? Well, primarily what I'm looking for is a realtor that I feel very comfortable with, which obviously being in real estate, as a real estate broker for over 25 years, I can pretty much vet them very easily. But I'm also looking for support people. And this is the biggest concern that I have is that I have the support people that can help me not only make the decision, but also help me maintain the property. So obviously having a good realtor, having a good insurance agent, having a good property manager and meeting these people personally. Obviously you can't do anything by yourself. You really have to have sort of a, a group of people to help and support your decision. And that's the number one goal that I'm trying to do when I get there. What type of questions do you ask to qualify those team members? Well, I ask them questions about their experience. And I ask them all questions about what they think the local economy is like and do they have any concerns about that. And then most importantly, I also ask them too for referrals. So helping me vet that is talking to other clients of theirs and sort of see what their other clients say. When you are looking at different markets, you got Oklahoma City. Where are some other markets that you're in? Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How'd you end up there? You know, it's funny that you asked me that because, and a lot of this is obviously word of mouth, 
I really liked New Orleans a lot, and I understood that there's some areas of New Orleans that were really hot and really great to invest in, but I was really sort of freaked out about it being so close to the water. So consequently, I wasn't really willing to invest in New Orleans. But the realtor that I had in Oklahoma City told me about Baton Rouge, which is about an hour outside of New Orleans, about an hour north, I believe, yeah. And obviously, it's away from the Gulf of Mexico. And he introduced me to a realtor there. And again, some really great business is there. I think there's a couple headquarters there. And then I was looking at the Chamber of Commerce websites in every major city in the country. It has some really good stats and really good information that everybody should check out. And that's part of my research as well. And I was just talking to the realtor there, doing some research with the Chamber of Commerce. And he convinced me that there were some great deals there. And I flew down and checked it out. You've been in real estate for more than a couple decades, and you are not only a listing agent, but as we've talked about, you're also an investor. My question is, why focus on 6 to 7% return when you could do more, say, value-add deals that aren't as turnkey that would get a higher return? Well, I think that's a really good question, Joe. One of the reasons I think that I sort of shy away from that is because I'm absolutely a numbnuts when it comes to repairs and fixing up properties. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have that gene, and I don't think I'm that smart <laughs> to actually add value to property. I like things that are new that I think that I don't have to worry about for a very long time. And I've had some really bad experiences with clients of mine that have purchased fixer-uppers, but I've also had some bad experiences myself, too, with contractors that have taken advantage of me. And I'm a very busy guy. And it's just not in my wheelhouse to fix up properties. I just much prefer to just buy brand new properties that I know have a warranty and are going to last for a while. So your high level plan, if I'm listening to this correctly, is you're a top producing real estate broker in San Francisco. So you make chunks of cash from listing and working in San Francisco, and then you invest that in real estate that cash flows in other markets, and then you just continue to feed that cycle. That is correct. And then there is one small part of the equation that is near and dear to my heart, and that is hopefully the whole concept of appreciation is also going to factor in as well. So not only am I cash flowing these properties, but I'm usually into at least a 10-year hold on these properties. And generally speaking, if you invest in a pretty nice area, a pretty strong local economy, with a 10-year hold, you can usually figure in some pretty decent capital appreciation. And assuming any major tornadoes, earthquakes, or political stuff that is going to kill this country, usually you can count on that. So that's a big factor in my equation. And do you access that equity? and reinvest it? Generally, no. How come? Because I take it out and blow it in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, for me, that's part of my savings plan is to leave that money intact in the property. So fortunately or unfortunately, I also have some investors that if I did want to tap into and buy other properties, I could hit up my other investors. So to me, it's a big savings piggy bank. Mm-hmm. What's your primary focus as a real estate professional right now? As it relates to investing or being a listing agent, what's your primary focus as a real estate professional? My primary focus is freedom. That is my primary focus. So I hate to be so esoteric, I guess, mm -hmm. about this, but 
what I want to do is use the money that I make in real estate, not only from real estate sales, but also in real estate investing to give me the financial freedom and the time freedom, both of which are tremendously important to me, to help others. And Joe, for me, this is something that I love talking about, and that is I love becoming so emotionally and physically and financially strong that I can use all these investments and all these sales to help others. And I do that through a coaching program I have helping other real estate agents become the best that they possibly can. And also I'm in the process of starting a youth charity for disadvantaged youth. And that is for me, the greatest thing that you can do. And actually, Joe, I've written a book about this. It's called Massive Abundance, how to create passion, purpose, and prosperity in your life. And for any of your show goers that are listening to this, and they want a free copy of the book, they can just hit me up on my website. This book basically talks about really my passion for setting goals, making yourself super strong in all areas of life so that you can ultimately, like a big circle, give back. Mm -hmm. And I think giving back is, to me, at my age, I'm 59 years old and I've been very successful and I'm so blessed and so grateful to be so. To me, there is nothing better than helping others. When I help a real estate agent become a better real estate agent, or I'm helping a child, which I do nonprofit work here in San Francisco for mm-hmm. youth organizations, that is a high that I can live off for days. In terms of the coaching program, what's the outcome that you're hired to accomplish with your real estate agent client? When I'm talking to real estate agents, my whole thing is to get them to 10x their listings. Real estate agents really want listings. Mm-hmm. Most successful real estate agents want to be listing agents. Working with buyers is sort of a hassle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a listing agent, you're always part of the deal and you can take more business on and it's not as labor intensive. So on the face of it, Joe, what I'm doing is helping listing agents really increase their list inventory. So that's really what it's all about. But for me, and this is also on my website, I think that's only possible, and I love saying this, Tony Robbins always said, success is really 80% mindset and 20% strategy. So I don't think that you can teach listing agents or any entrepreneur, any business person to be a better person without addressing that. And so what I love to do is I also love to talk about brain hacks, things that you can do to make yourself stronger so that you can be a better listing agent. So I have a coaching program is really all about the combination of sort of brain hacks and hardcore sales skills. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be super successful, but ultimately, and I always talk about this, I want them to be super successful so that they can feed their dream, whatever that dream is. I firmly believe that people don't go into real estate to sell real estate because just for the benefit of selling real estate, the real reason people get into anything and the only reason people really want to make themselves stronger in any area, especially financially, is hopefully they have some kind of dream that they want to feed. And whether that's taking security of your family, sending your kids to school, feeding orphans in Central America, whatever it is that you're hopefully that it's going to give you the freedom, which is why I keep coming back to that word, to pursue your dream. What are some of those brain hacks? Some of the brain hacks. Well, it's interesting. One of the things that I love talking about is making sure that you start your day right. I'm just really into making sure that everybody, all listing agents, everybody anyways, I'll give you an example of what I do is I get up in the morning and I meditate for 20 minutes. I go swimming 
I'm usually in the pool by 5.15 in the morning. And then when I'm done eating healthy, journaling, reviewing my goals, these are the kinds of things that I think that supercharge your day. When you start out healthy and you start out mentally supercharged, mm-hmm. you know, when I do that, I can absolutely feel like I can accomplish anything that day. There's another little thing that I love doing, which I call Kaizen, which is something that if I'm fearful about doing something, and I've helped many agents employ this technique, is you take baby steps. The old adage, a road of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Mm-hmm. And people still freak out about, okay, I need to cold call, or I need to go knock on doors, or I need to go do something public speaking or whatever it is. But if you take it step by step, and you take it very slowly, you can circumvent the amygdala in the back of your brain that freaks you out. And each day, if you work towards doing something to get over that fear, to become more and more confident, and you want to do more and more of it. And that's just another one, too. Is Kaizen an acronym? No, it's actually an Asian philosophy that started a while ago. And basically, I just summed it up. It's essentially that I don't know the word where the word comes from, mm-hmm. but it's uh, K-A-I-Z-E-N. I almost spelled it right in my notes. I think you can spell it S too. Oh, okay. Well, it got even closer then if you gave me the S part. There you go. That makes sense. So what's something that you initially were fearful about doing, but then you implemented that approach and you took those baby steps and you got that momentum and lo and behold, hey, you got there. Oh my God. So many things that I've done in my life because I scare the bejesus out of myself, pushing myself to do so many things. For an example, investing in other cities. When I first, 15, 20 years ago, somebody said, you should really check out Phoenix, for instance. And I was like, I'm in San Francisco. I know jack about Phoenix. Why would I go to Phoenix and invest? So you can imagine anybody wants to invest in real estate 2,000 miles away from you. That's going to be really fearful. And yet again, little by little, taking baby steps, doing the research, talking to people. I think that your listeners could see that if you took small little steps towards that, Knowledge is power. That gives you more confidence. And the next thing you know, you're on a flight there buying a property. Based on your experience as a real estate professional, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Surround yourself with great people. There is no question, I talk about this on public speaking tours, that no matter what it is in life, you do not operate on an island by yourself. If you want to become successful in real estate, if you want to be a successful clerk at 7-Eleven, if you want to be investing all over the world, you have to have a team in place locally and obviously in the place that you're looking at. But you have to have a team in place. And for me, when I'm investing in other cities, that typically means what I mentioned earlier, having a good insurance agent, having a good property manager, having a great realtor, having a great mortgage broker, finance guy. These are people that you need to trust. They need to be smarter than you because I don't know anything. I just rely on the expert opinions of all the people that I surround myself with. And I think that's got to be the best advice to give anybody to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the best people there are out there. What's one way you qualify some of the great people that you surround yourself with? Well, I hate to sound all woohoo on you, but I think <laughs> all airy-fairy, but one thing is my gut. After I talk to people, after I research them, after I talk to their referral testimonials, you know, I listen to testimonials that people give, or I call people that they refer me to, past clients of theirs. Really, it boils down to my gut. 
And most of the time I feel pretty grateful that once I have all the facts and all the information that I think I need, it really sort of comes down in my gut. Do I feel that this is the right person for me to add to my team in this particular city, for instance? And I think that the times that I made mistakes, Joe, is when I did not follow my gut in the end. What's one of those mistakes that you're thinking of? <laughs> Lord knows I've made a few. Um, <laughs> for instance, there was in one particular situation where I bought a property. I'm not going to even tell you where it was, but I bought a property where the insurance agent, I missed the boat. I completely missed the mark on valuing whether this insurance agent was any good or not. And I ended up getting the wrong insurance and that property flooded. The property was in, to my knowledge, was not in a floodplain. So I never thought about flood insurance. I mean, who thinks about flood insurance when they buy a house? And lo and behold, this property flooded out and it was destroyed and damaged. And I did not have any insurance coverage on it. So I lost quite a bit of money on that property. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. Best ever book you've recently read? Best book is called The Go-Giver. You've heard of the term go-getter. Go-Giver is a great story about the power of giving back. And essentially, in a nutshell, basically this book just says that if you come from a place of giving to people, you can become wealthy beyond your dreams. Highly recommended. Highly recommended as well. We've had multiple guests recommend that book. And I interviewed Bob Berg on this podcast way, way long ago. He's the author, co-author of The Go-Giver. So if you just search Joe Fairless, Bob Berg, that episode will come up. I've actually interviewed him a couple times. He's got a couple follow-up books on that too. Great book. I highly recommend it. Best ever deal you've done that we have not discussed. Best ever deal, I bought a three-unit building in San Francisco for $1,250,000 and sold it for $3 million. That's a pretty good return. And actually, I guess I should tell you the end of the turn, in probably like uh, six years. It was a six-year home. So you bought it for how much? $1,250,000. And you put in how much? Very little. It was already done. It was already done. So appreciation was your best friend. I'm not that smart to fix up buildings. So. <laughs> <laughs> and where was that located? In San Francisco. And you mentioned if you took out equity from your properties, you just blow it all in Vegas. And you're kidding, right? Like you'd blow some of it, but you, you're kidding for the most part. Why not be focused on doing what you just described, the $1 million to $3 million, six years? Just doing that in your backyard versus diversifying all across the country. 
Because it's much more difficult to do that in San Francisco. The prices in San Francisco really don't allow one to do that. It's hard to find really good properties here in San Francisco that are sort of a little bit undervalued. And our market's just crazy here in the city. We're selling properties anywhere from $1,500 to $3,000, some properties $4,000 a square foot. It's just at that price point, it's much more difficult. Best ever way you like to give back. You've talked about it already, but would love to hear another example. I know you really like this topic. Obviously, I love giving back to real estate agents. I love talking to real estate agents and helping them 10x their listings. I also love youth. One of the things I do is use a book that I have as a basis. I actually go into homeless youth shelters and talk to them about how they can start their own businesses. And I'll tell you, when I give those talks, for instance, at the Larkin Street Youth Organization here in San Francisco, I am on a high for a week. It is the most gratifying thing that I do. Best ever way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you. You can hit me up at epiclistingagent.com. That's epiclistingagent.com. The psychology of a successful investor and a top producing real estate broker is what we've talked about today from the Kaizen approach that you mentioned when you're fearful about doing something to some case studies and your overall business model when you think of investing where you make chunks of cash in San Francisco and then invest it in more cash flowing markets across the country. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed our conversation. Enjoyed talking to you, your give back approach, which clearly you're passionate about and has done well for others and then also it does well for you too both in your soul but also i imagine in your pocketbook whether you look at it that way or not which sounds like he doesn't but you don't but it certainly is helpful for everyone so thanks so much for being on the show hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon thank you have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called tough decisions Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.